When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with your buddy, your host, Paladino, Joey, or also known as Joey Awajin, that would be my regular name, my official name, you could say. Uh, Are you finally ready (laughs) for Brave the Wild? Yeah, it's been about, oh God, it's been over three months since uh, episode number 43, and I'm really sorry, folks, I really am. If there's any of you left out there, God bless you, thank you for, uh, Sticking with us, I appreciate it very, very much indeed. Uh, Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to the show, where, of course, we talk about Minnesota Wild, our NHL hockey club here in the Twin Cities, specifically in St. Paul, but, eh, you know, they play in St. Paul, but, of course, yeah, I'm on the other side of the river. Well, it's the state of the wild in 2010. We're going to talk about uh, quite a few things. very briefly talk about the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Not really. I'm not going to really get into the games at all. I'm just going to kind of have a tiny little comment about the Blackhawks. I guess mostly, uh, yeah, good stuff. Of course, we'll get into the draft a little bit. I'm not going to come up here and claim to be an expert on the NHL draft because, ladies and gentlemen, there are very few people you can honestly say that are because a lot of these players are, well, it's hard to keep up with them. Let's just say that a lot of them don't even play in the United States. Like most of them don't, of course. Uh, it's it's tough to keep up with them. But for those of you that do, hey, hey, more power to you. That's good. It's a, that'd be a fun uh, fun thing to do, I think. But uh, that's how it goes. Uh, I'm gonna make the comments though that I that I can about it uh, <laughs> for the time being. And of course, a lot of the players obviously don't. Uh, come to the Minnesota Wild or whatever club they wind up with, being they get traded about 99 t- times which before they finally wind up in the NHL within a shucks two-year span. <laughs> I mean, a lot of picks get traded, I know. Maybe not all of them, but they get traded quite often. It, it's just the way it, end, it ends up, um, be it draft night or whatever. And, of course, uh, NHL free agency, we're going to dive into that, of course, involving your Minnesota Wild. Yeah, being it's been so long since I did the show, it's kind of a lot of it getting put in one show for now, unfortunately. That's how it goes. Um, And, of course, we are going to do the season review of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, It's going to be brief enough. It's mostly going to be about the most valuable player for the Minnesota Wild, the most improved, and, of course, the uh, most disappointing yeah, I'm finally going to tell you that Most Valuable Player Award. You probably Some of you maybe that did listen to the last couple of episodes of Brave the Wild back in March, you'd have a pretty good hint of who I'm going to give that to. Yeah, Some of you might be kind of a surprise and you might disagree, but uh, hey, I don't really... <laughs> that's what it's about, agreeing and disagreeing with each other, I guess. It's all about opinions. Um, that's pretty much the deal. Uh, we'll also probably get into a little bit of where we hope the Wild can head and, of course, the Wild do add a couple of free agents, a couple of solid free agents that, uh, yeah, hey, there's nothing to complain about there. I kind of like the free agent acquisitions to this point, actually. Uh, though, at the same time, are we ready for uh, are we ready for a long playoff run? 
at very best, folks, it's pretty hard to say at this point in time, at this point, at this juncture. So, all right, well, of course, we will have no break coming in here. We're going to get on with it right now. Now, I did mention during the season last year, as, as uh, I believe it was episode 41, 42, somewhere in there, the Blackhawks destroyed the Minnesota Wild a couple of times in a very short span of time. Um, the way they dominated the Wild, I made a prediction saying the Chicago Blackhawks are going to win a Stanley Cup very, very soon because the talent is just, it, it was unbelievable. To be honest, they remind me of the Detroit Red Wings when they were developing in the uh, mid, mid-90s. Just, you, you could just kind of see it coming that this team is going to win a cup or two or God knows what. In the case of the Red Wings, shucks, it was, I believe, four of them. That's, uh, that's quite a few from 97, 98, 01, and then finally again in... Uh, 08, um, fi- finally in their sense, uh, not a, not many of us probably missed them winning the Stanley Cup much. I sure the heck didn't. Um, but hey, that's all, again, your opinion. The Chicago Blackhawks also, in a way, kind of resembled the Pittsburgh Penguins in a way. The star power at the top, um, depth, all that good stuff. Just a, uh, an, an awesome team, the Chicago Blackhawks. Already a couple of players on the way out because of uh, poor uh, salary cap management. Now that the NHL does have to worry about the salary cap, and I think that's obviously a good thing, so we don't have a big team signing all the players like the New York Range. Oh, wait, they still do. Yeah. Mm. You know, they did sign a big player. <laughs> like I just mentioned that real quick. Yeah, Derek Bugard off to the New York Rangers. Yeah, big, maybe not big star, but big. Yeah, Derek Bugard off to the Rangers. I actually didn't even put that in my notes, uh, so I mentioned it right there. Yeah, well... An ode to Derek Bugard, a nice, tough player. Um, we'll talk about his replacement later on as we get into the free agency part. As there is a replacement, it's up to you if you really dub him as a suitable replacement, but uh, there is a replacement. <sighs> Former San Jose Shark, yeah. All right, but uh, no, I being I didn't uh, do episode number 44 back in late March or early April, and I could have possibly done it sometime in early April before the lawn cleanup thing got going, um, I wish I did, shucks, and I wish I could have done this show about a month ago. I could have, or more, but, uh, hey, schedule's getting in the way. Busy, very busy guy I am, but, uh, I was going to go with the Washington Capitals versus the Chicago Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals with the Washington Capitals winning in six or seven, and, of course, the Capitals, well, <laughs> that didn't work out. That uh, that didn't come close. Washington Capitals ousted in the first round <laughs> by the Montreal Canadiens, who went all the way to the conference finals. Of course, uh, ran into a Philadelphia team who was the seventh seed. Also had a great playoff run, a nice underdog, and unfortunately were beat by the Blackhawks. They finally met their end, and the Blackhawks finally won a Stanley Cup for the first time since the early '60s. And there you go. The North Stars' most hated rival. Of course, the North Stars did not exist the last time the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. So there you go. The Blackhawks won Minnesota North Stars zero. Unless you want to count the Dallas Stars, they actually won the Cup before the Blackhawks. And that, uh, from 1967 till today, ooh, well, till 99. But uh, no, I don't want to count the Dallas Stars. They're not the Minnesota North Stars. They're just not. And nor are the Wild, by the way, folks. No. Nor are the wild. Suffice to say, I wouldn't mind doing a uh, Minnesota North Stars podcast. That would be a lot. That would be a lot of fun. Let's just leave it at that. I have no idea what I would call it at this point. Uh, <laughs> as I continue to digress, that's just how it goes. Hey, it's it's the off season. You know, nobody's perfect. We're going to kind of move around a little bit at times. Um, yeah, congratulations to the Chicago Blackhawks. You can tell I'm not necessarily a dancing for joy about it, but I'm not uh, disgusted either. Hey, you know, Blackhawks and, and Wild don't really have the same ring as Blackhawks and North Stars. They just don't. And uh, it was a fun, young, talented team. It wasn't like a bully team like the Blackhawks were in the uh, late 80s, early 90s when it was a really, really intense rivalry in the Met Center and in Chicago Stadium back in those days. That was uh, very, very entertaining, but also, hey, we hated them so much. So, yeah, Blackhawks, Stanley Cup champions, good for them. We're happy for them. So now, well, we'll get to the draft, I guess. This is uh, 
this is the only way the Minnesota Wild truly, truly are going to be like the Chicago Blackhawks. And that's really how the Chicago Blackhawks became what they became the past couple of years when they finally went from a garbage team from, shucks, the mid-90s. They really started to tail off, and I mean tail off into the abyss, all the way up into, gosh, the mid-2000s, late to, mid to late 2000s, the Blackhawks were awful. Shucks, about a 13-year span, the Blackhawks were inept, just an inept franchise. Every time the Wild played them, it's like, ah, you know, it's a little quick tune-up, you know, because the Wild are kind of fighting for a playoff spot, possibly uh, the Blackhawks were horrendous, just awful, just filled with career minor leaguers for, for years, and I mean years. Uh, bad goaltending, bad defense, bad offense. I mean, there was just not much going on in Chicago for, for several years. Several years indeed. Um, but they they drafted well, and they made a couple of good free agent acquisitions along the way. One of them ended up being kind of a big market type move in the case of Marion Hosa, who finally, finally got the Stanley Cup title in his third Stanley Cup finals in a row, finally gets the championship. <laughs> You got to like that. Got to like that. He was a member of the Penguins and lost. Member of Detroit the next year against the Penguins and lost. That was funny. Um, and then, of course, I remember the Blackhawks and finally won. So good for him in that sense. Um, but no, really, if you're going to be a Stanley Cup champion and a sustained Stanley Cup Stanley Cup contender, you got to do it through the draft. And, uh, well, Doug Reisbrow was not going to do that for the Minnesota Wild. He just wasn't. And uh, I do have a feeling that Chuck Fletcher has more of an idea what the heck he's doing than Doug Risebrow. Not even saying that Doug Risebrow didn't know what he was doing, but hey, how many swing and a miss do you need to? How many swings and misses do you need to put up with as an organization? Organization, as I like to say in the NHL, um, can you put up with in about a ten-year span? Okay, they swung and hit a home run on Gabrick, and they got a uh, they got a bunt single with Nick Schultz in the second round. Okay. They, uh, well, <laughs> they had to wait about three years for Miko Koivu, first round pick, but hey, he's a nice player. By no means, in my opinion, is he a franchise player, but he, he's a leader and a talented guy, very talented player. Miko Koivu in the, sec- in the first round. The second year, yeah. Not really much anything, of anything beyond the, sec- beyond the first round, really, for the Minnesota Wild in the drafts, as I've said numerous times over. The third year, of course, Pierre Marc Bouchard. He's still a member of the team. Started early, didn't really. Not to me, in my opinion, never really panned out to the type of player that the Minnesota Wild were envisioning. In the case of uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard, though, he does have great puck vision, great puck handling skills. Uh, certainly not the super duper playmaking center offensive weapon that uh, I believe the Minnesota Wild envisioned, like a Steve Eiserman type. Uh, no, no, just just no. He's just not, and of course, unfortunately, he is a uh, he's he's been a permanent member of Concussion Junction, and the Wild continue to uh, well hope for the best there. Not sure what's going to happen with uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard at this point in time. Would be a nice addition to the Wild, of course. Not not even very. He suited up for one game last year at the beginning, and that was it. The uh, symptoms were too much. Yeah, so really, other than that, the Wild have not really hit well in the first round of the draft or beyond. <laughs> I mean, the draft has hurt the Wild. The uh, You know, Brent Burns was the following year. That was decent. After that, it has been pretty rough. It has been pretty rough for the Minnesota Wild in the draft, and there is nothing more you can defend in that. I mean, you really can't defend the Wild's drafting beyond that. And, of course, you look at Houston, and Chuck Fletcher said, yeah, himself, yeah, we need to, re- we need to reload Houston. They need to reload the system right now. It, the cupboards are so bare, and of course that term has been used too much. I believe I was the first one to actually say it. Uh, it was right around the same time, though, Beyond the Pond and KFAN. That's the other hockey show in this town, besides the Minnesota Wild's official podcast. Yeah, which of course I think they're going to be a little bit biased, in my opinion. I would kind of lean that direction. <laughs> if you want a little more honesty, uh, you probably want to come to come to this show. Um But, yeah, you get the idea there. Uh, the drafting has been very rough. Doug Risebrow missing, swinging and missing too much. Chuck Fletcher, well, you got the he, – he's young and he's experienced and it, it's in his blood. That's the Wilds' new slogan right now. It's in our blood. And, 
in the, in the course of Chuck Fletcher, it is in his blood. So, again, forgive maybe any type of, uh, you think I might be talking wild propaganda there. Well, hey, this is only a second draft. You know, let's get, <laughs> let's see how it works out. Uh, in the first round, they did acquire, they did draft Michael Granlin, an, another Finn, yet another Finn. And he is a center, so a rare center for the Minnesota Wild. Michael Granlin out of Finland, uh, scouting report on him. Officially, the that the Wild took the first non-CHL player in Grandland, who averaged nearly a point per game in Finland's top league. He's been compared to Saku Koivu, which means he's tough for his size, which is only five foot ten, and talented. He's a hard worker, a good face of man, and is smart on the ice. So, we'll see. Now, you could say all the scouting reports in the world, you you know, but you, but you never know. Of course, they compared Pierre Marc Richard potentially to a Steve Eiserman type, and I mentioned that that. Uh, Pierre Marc Richard hasn't really become that, and I'm sure a lot of you noticed that. Um, we'll see. I hey, sounds like a good pick. Uh, he was ranked fairly high, but uh, other players were ranked higher in that position. But they, uh, it's an opinion the Wild believe in, and uh, a lot of Finns like Minnesota. They tend to stick around here. Koivu and uh, Backstrom, Antti Mietinen. We've uh, we've also had others like Antti Laxanen and others along the way, who was actually quite a valuable piece for the Wild. In the past, now the Wild had four picks in the top 59. So now we go down to the second round, 39th overall. The Minnesota Wild select Brett Balmer, double B Brett Balmer, right wing. Uh, excuse me for that. From Kelowna of the WHL. So we'll see how that goes. Johan Larson in the second round, only a few picks later, 56th overall. He's a left wing. He is a Swede. In the third round again, Jason Zucker. The Wild acquired him via trade. He is a uh, he is from the USHL, and he is the first uh, United States-born player from Newport Beach, taken in the draft in terms of the Wild at this point. This is in the third round, early third round. The Wild traded away the their fifth round pick to the San Jose Sharks for the player that I'm going to get to very shortly. Uh, Derek Bugard's replacement. The Wild then take a goalie in the sixth round, Johan Gustafsson from Sweden. So another uh, Swede coming to the Wild there. Well, Wild get another goaltender to hop into the system. We'll see how that goes. Uh, see, maybe he'll comp- uh, compete with Hudobin. Hudobin, I believe, is actually how you properly say it in the system. Hudobin looked awfully nice for the Minnesota Wild in a very short span. Very, very nice indeed. We'll see how that goes. Uh, talk about Josh Harding here in a second, too. We'll get into goalies. But in the seventh round, their final pick, the Wild take Dylan McKinley from Chilliwack, <laughs> the WAHL. That's a different one right there. Um, hey, you know, I can't really give you a true opinion other than really the Wild looking for some offense here. Looking for some skilled players. That's mainly the strategy that I can see here, obviously, and I'm sure a lot of you noticed that. The Wild looking for skill players. Um, they did not draft a single defenseman this season in this draft. This draft crop did not yield a single defenseman. That's a very interesting thought right there. Very interesting indeed. They took one goalie, one center, two right wings, and two left wings. So the Wild looking to get a little faster here and a little more skilled. So we'll see, in, indeed, how this goes. None of the players all too large, either. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Just going to have to wait and see how this turns out. Um, Jason Zucker officially was taken from the uh, Las Vegas, too, which is also very interesting. They also made a thing, oh, the wild gambling on player from Las Vegas. So, yeah, that's a cute uh, analogy, but we'll just leave it as as is, because... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I it's intriguing. The Wild have an opinion here. And you know what, folks? A lot of us fans of this hockey club, the Minnesota Wild, have been dying for some more skilled players on this team and in this system. And uh, that's that's apparent, That's very apparent that that is the position and that's the opinion that uh, this new management is going with right now. They are going with that approach for the coming years here. 
more skill and less grinding around like the Jacques Lemaire system. So we'll see. We'll see indeed. Um, cautiously optimistic, I guess. <laughs> That's about where we're going to have to stand at this point in time. Of course, a lot of the, the, uh, the foreign players, it's rare that they come over right away. That's another thing you got to deal with. And, of course, coming over means, yeah, once they come over, then they generally go to Houston unless the Wilder are so blown away. They are indeed moved into the uh, <laughs> the NHL roster, the Minnesota Wild, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. So uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into free agency and then the season wrap-up right after this. <laughs> We are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 44 of Brave the Wild, which is a reminder for iPod users along with MP3 MP3 users like the Microsoft Zoom and others. I didn't even mention the date. It is Saturday, July the 3rd, 2010. So, of course, happy July 4th to those of you out there. I'm not 100% sure this show will be uploaded before July 4th. So I hope you had a good July 4th if this is in hindsight for you. Or, uh, you know, you get the idea. I uh, hope it went well. Enjoy the weekend, all that good stuff. I was going to record this last weekend, but things got, yeah, the power was out. So I didn't even mention that. He had to think that I was finally going to record this and we had to delay it yet another week because the power was out all weekend due to a really cruddy storm that some of you may know about here in this area. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that because I don't want another complaint that, oh, my God, he's talking about nothing. Well... Yeah, well, it might pertain to the uh, fact that the show wasn't released for another week. That might be a little important. Uh, All right, so now we get to free agency, and my God, you come off to a really exciting, exciting signing for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, being this signing did not occur before, uh, or did occur before July the 1st, that means, of course, we we were signing one of our own, meaning one of our own pieces, the Wild re-sign center James Shepard. Holy crap, Batman! Oh my, I'm so excited. Just, I'm just, I'm just melting on the inside right now. I'm so happy. Uh, One-year deal, James Shepard returning to the Minnesota Wild. How happy are you? Well, be happy, I guess. Don't, don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. One-year deal. The deal was announced on uh, July the sixth. Excuse me, June the sixteenth. Uh, he was uh, extended this offer here. Shepard was taken ninth overall in 2006. Had been a disappointment in three years of the team. Yeah, Shepard only had two goals and four assists in 64 games last season. Awful. Um, well, hey, you never know, I guess. Uh, I kind of liked, he seemed to have a change of attitude later in the season, and uh, that must be why the Wild wanted to resign him, I guess. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He was a restricted free agent anyway, so it's not like you just, uh, um, who knows how that'll go. Um, and so I don't think anybody out there was really in a huge hurry to get him yet either. We'll see. The first round pick in 2006, yeah, again, ninth overall. Yeah, the same number as this year. Doug Risebrow with another doozy there. I don't believe really anybody out of 06 has uh, panned out at this point in time. Yeah, I'm getting somebody confused with the years. I apologize, but yeah, 06 did not look good. And one of Doug Risebrow's worst. So now the Wild did acquire Brad Stubbis. Isn't that exciting? Brad Stubbis, he is to replace Derek Bugard. At this point, the Wild, or a lot of us fans, had a pretty good uh, feeling that Derek Bugard was good and gone because. A lot of people are already talking about mm, you don't really want to have multiple enforcers on the wild anymore. A lot of people were talking about that. Uh, lots of different uh, differing opinions on that between several people. Uh, so he's the guy, the wild, hoping to get a little more offense out of Stubbitz. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it doesn't really, yeah, I, I apologize. Um, he had three goals, three assists, 110 penalty minutes in 47 games for the Shocks last year. He is 25 years old. Uh, the wild gave up that fifth round pick. <clears throat> Excuse me. For Brad, big Brad, I guess you can call him. Uh, the hope here was you can have an enforcer with a little more offensive spark, 
Derek Bugard would get maybe a goal and a three assists a year. So you get a guy who gets about two more points a year at this point in time. Mm, and probably a little less, uh, a little bit less of a label, a red flag or whatever, placed on him by the officials in the NHL. Because it seemed like any time Derek Bugard breathed wrong, he was called for a penalty. And uh, it got kind of silly, and I'm sure that may also be part of the reason why the Wild moved in another direction in terms of the enforcer. So there you go. Congratulations for the Wild there. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Um, I'm not trying to be all sarcastic. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll be nice. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to miss Bugard. The guy was uh, definitely a... Uh, a force, folks. He was definitely a force, the most powerful guy on the team, one of the most powerful men in the entire NHL. So he will be definitely be missed, and I know a lot. He was absolutely loved in this town. Just love him. So good luck to Derek Bugard signing a five-year deal with the New York Rangers, and of course the uh, at about gosh, almost a million a year, about a million a year, I believe, with the uh, the Rangers, and that's part of the reason why, or a little over a million a year with the Rangers, and that is also part of the reason. The Wild did not uh, keep him because they weren't going to be able to. They weren't. They weren't interested in matching that amount for Boogie. The Wild then inked newly acquired Stubbs to a two-year deal about a week later, or a couple of days later. Excuse me, a two-year, one point one five million dollar contract, five hundred fifty thousand the first season, six hundred thousand the next season. We'll see how indeed how this works. Uh, the quote here: "I'm an energy, hardworking." kind of team guy, Stavis said. I fight for my teammates when I need to, for the team and for the momentum of the game. I think I bring grit, and I hope to contribute in that way. I'm a straightforward guy. What you see is what you get. I crash and bang and do <laughs> and do what I do. Alright, he does what he does, I guess. Uh, I think they appreciate the hard work and my willingness to do what I do to contribute to the team. <laughs> to do what I do. Uh, yeah, you're losing quite a bit of size here in uh, Stavis. Six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds versus about six eight, and shucks with a two seventy with uh, Boogie. Man, man, wow, you're losing about six seven inches and about sixty pounds. Mm. That's a lot, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, the defenseman, the old defenseman position, kind of evading the Minnesota Wild so far in this offseason. Again, the Wild did not take a defenseman in the draft, and a guy that a lot of people out there would have liked to see the Minnesota Wild acquire. And I mean, a lot of people would have liked to see this, especially if the uh, Wild intended to use Brent Burns, who I'm going to talk about very soon, hint, hint. Um, Could have used Brent Burns as a potential chip going into the offseason for a possible trade. And that player with the name of uh, Paul Martin, former Minnesota Gopher and a very talented defenseman in the NHL, though, of course, has faced the injury bug several times in his career, including last season. Paul Martin ends up going a five-year deal to the Pittsburgh Penguins, a very uh, lucrative contract for him, $25 million, five years. Also, another player that... <laughs> The Wild would have known in the past. Zimnik Mahalik, remember him a while back? Went to the Phoenix Coyotes, had a fairly nice run with them. He will make $20 million over five seasons. That's a lot of money. He made $1.5 with Phoenix last year. Now he's going to make about $4 million a year. Zimnik Mahalik, definitely a nice, <laughs> nice career for him since leaving the Wild. Um, and the Pittsburgh Penguins definitely upgraded the defense in position despite the fact they lost. Sergey Gonchar, Paul Martin, a little disappointed about that, but that's that's how it goes. That's free agency. And that's part of the reason I believe why the Pittsburgh Penguins had the cap room to do that. So July first arrives for the Wild finally, as of course that was on July first when Paul Martin signed with the Pens, who's already 29 years old. Paul Martin is 29 already. Man, you remember when he won the national championship of the 2003 Gophers? It doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? Man, back-to-back season, he was only a freshman that year, and he was a hell of a freshman. Well, the Wild 
Resign left wing Guillaume Latendresse, the lumberjack, has returned to the Minnesota Wild for a two year, $5 million contract. Very exciting. Minnesota Wild able to keep him, and that's a good thing. He's only 23 year old. He's, he's only 23 years old. As he was just fantastic for the Wild. 25 goals, 12 assists, and 55 games since acquiring him from Montreal on November 23rd for Benoit Puglia, who also improved and he got to enjoy a nice playoff run for Montreal. I don't think he missed us too much either. Um, we certainly didn't miss him. Of course, Latrandres also had a hat-trick at Phoenix on January 16th, though the Wild lost that game. Wild have not matched up well with Phoenix for a while now. Um, very cool indeed, and uh, it's an opportunity to see Latrandres gets a nice raise, the Wild keep him, but it's also not so much money that, because you're looking at about $2.5 million a year, um, yeah, it's not so much money that's like, oh, we screwed up, we scrapped it, we, we signed him for too long and too much. And then it ended up being kind of a one-year wonder. Uh, I've got a good feeling about Guillaume Latendres that he's going to be a valuable piece to this team for quite a while if if he sticks around and stays healthy. Um, but, hey, you never know. I mean, it, it happens all too much. Shucks, the Wild got all excited about Alexander Degg because he had a 50-point season, and he just went back to his old ways right away, and he was done. He was out of here. <laughs> Not comparing Latendres to Degg, but it, but it happens. Uh, Saku Koivu, Minnesota Wild need that second line center oh so bad they tried to get him last year and they tried very hard to get Saku Koivu last year offering him a multi-year deal for fairly lucrative winds up just going to Anaheim because he wants to be with his buddy Tamu Solani for the, his final season Anaheim did not have a good year and that was kind of ha ha to Koivu <laughs> on that one but uh, no he's going to stay with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks for some reason he's happy there and we're happy for him I guess Great, but then the Wild finally land the second line center that they have been pursuing since, I believe, the inception of the team. Matt Cullen is now a Minnesota Wild from Virginia, Minnesota. Three-year deal for Matt Cullen. Got it like that. And we also acquire Eric Nystrom, left wing for the uh, Calgary Flames. Very solid player with... uh, the Calgary Flames. Eric Nystrom heard him a lot, and they heard them talk about him quite a bit on Calgary Puck Radio, which I like very much. Grant Farhall and Darcy McGrath on that uh, podcast. I really enjoy it. <sighs> yeah, very cool to get these guys. Nystrom's more of a, well, I guess you can call him a grinder, a hardworking, solid player. Matt Cullen also is a hardworking player, but he's more of a uh, an overall just really good centerman. The Wild finally have a number two center to go up behind Miko Koivu. Shucks. And we're talking immediately, right as free agency began. Three seconds, as uh, Chuck Fletcher would say, his first priority was to sign Matt Cullen, and they got him. Three seconds literally in. Fletcher's comment is, I've got a smile on my face that I can't wipe off. (laughs) He's very excited about having Matt Cullen, and a lot of us are excited here as well. He played at Moorhead High School, went to St. Cloud State University. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that school, but that's your opinion out there as well. He keeps a home in Fargo, North Dakota. He was solid with Ottawa last year. Won the Stanley Cup with the Carolina uh, Hurricanes in 06. Colin is 33 years old. And again, a nice addition for the Minnesota Wild. And he, and he quotes here, I know that there will be expectations and a little added pressure from outside sources, but that's just going to kind of add to the excitement and challenge of it, said Colin. So as you go, prob- Colin last season had 16 goals, 32 assists in 81 games. He was traded from the Hurricanes to the Senators. And, yeah, he played very well. He had five assists in six playoff games. His comment there is it's probably the best hockey he's ever played, Matt Cullen. I don't think I've ever felt better on the ice physically. And, yeah, some of these players, when they get to their 30s, they actually end up getting better, like Jim Dowd and others. They just tend to, some of them get better. Brian Ralston was like that as well. They just grow and grow and grow. Uh, the contract for Cullen, $10.5 million for for three years, so an equal of about three and a half a season. He also won 50% of his face-offs last year. You got it like that indeed. And again, number two center. Also, Cullen can play on both of the special teams, power play and penalty kill, along with 
He can also play the wing as well if need be, though I think Matt Cullen's going to play a lot of centers. The Wild need that oh so much. Um, man, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun deal. He may pair with Pierre-Marc Richard if Butch is able to come back healthy. We'll see how that turns out. We will indeed. As Nystrom, well, Nystrom is a nice player as well, added to the Minnesota Wild, added some grit. And he gets a few goals. He gets a few goals. He had shot, he had 11 goals and 8 assists last year for the Calgary Flames. He played all 82 games, 117 hits also with Calgary. you got to really like uh, what he can bring to the Minnesota Wild indeed. Um, nice acquisition. Certainly not anything that's got all of us all up in a uproar. I mean, all, all pumped up and excited and let's, let's get the Stanley Cup parade ready or anything. But uh, it's... It's an improvement, and um, hey, it's a, we finally have a number two center. Let's just let's just in, in, enjoy it, I guess. Let's enjoy it. Let's hope for the best here. I gotta think there's a trade or two on the way. The Wild then lose uh, John Scott to Chicago for two-year deal there. Andrew Ebbett moves on to Phoenix for one year. Andrew Ebbett, who was a nice little fourth-line quirky player for the wild last year. I, 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 I like what he brought. Very solid. John Scott moving on again, as I mentioned, another large guy. The wild again looking to move towards skill and not quite as much towards size. Which, uh, right about when the wild started to move towards size is when they started to realize, uh-oh, all of a sudden, you know, nobody on this team can score, can they? Uh-oh, that's a problem. Because the object still remains, put the puck in the net. Some of you may know that others i'm not sure <laughs> no you know that um the wild then sign a couple of prospects a couple of career minor leaguers warren peters who's a center and defenseman drew bagnall there you go there's your first defenseman for the wild in this offseason get excited both of them are in their mid-20s uh peters has played a shucks i believe seven games in the nhl and has one assist he has a two-year deal Bagnall has been a career minor leaguer at this point in time. We'll see. This we'll see how it goes. It's a career. It's a of course they call it two-year contract, two-way contract, where they would of course make less in the minors, and that means yeah, that's more likely where we're assuming they'll wind up. But as they say, you never do know. You never do know, indeed. Now I guess it was 11 games with the Dallas Stars last year. Was Peters, and of course Bagnall has been in the AHL. To this point, not played a single NHL game. He is 26 years old. At very least, I guess he brings it up to the Houston Arrows at this point, and we'll see how that goes. So there's your uh, there's your free agency to this point in time. Not really sure where else the Wild are heading at this point. Their cap situation is not the greatest to go out and bring in uh, all the big-name guys, and you don't necessarily want to do that right now when the Wild are in a... <laughs> they're in a stage right now they didn't make the playoffs and their farm system is really empty so you're kind of in a, you're kind of trying to re- reload not necessarily rebuild but reload and uh it's going to it's going to take a little time unfortunately it's going to take a little time and a little patience and unfortunately that's a that's that's how it goes so now we're going to move on to the season wrap up for the Minnesota Wild in terms of the 2010 season 2009-2010 season, the Wild of course for 38, 36, and 8, it was good for 4th, yeah, good, I guess you could say, good for 4th in the Northwest Division, a far cry from a division title a mere two years ago, mm. you got issues with, uh, with, uh, with health last year, you had a lot of issues with health, the Wild were very inconsistent, special teams definitely took a, took a hit last year, but regulation goals were up, as mentioned, um, I'll mention this real quick. I'm not really sold on Cam Barker yet, folks. The guy the Wild acquired last year from the Blackhawks for Nicholas for Nick Letty, excuse me, and uh, Kim Janssen. I don't really miss Kim Janssen, but we'll better keep an eye on Nick Letty. Hopefully, the Wild didn't blow it there. Um, we'll see. I'm not really sold on him. Of course, Brent Burns. I'm going to talk about him very shortly. Uh, one final other bit, really quick, before I officially get into the. Uh, the awards or uh, <laughs> dubious awards, the biggest disappointment and such. Uh, the Wild will not be trading. Okay, this is, of course, per Chuck Fletcher himself, who was on Paul Allen late last week. 
right before the draft, actually, the day of the day before the draft, I believe. The uh, the Wild, no, the day was the day of the draft. Chuck Fletcher mentioning the Wild will not be trading Nicholas Backstrom this year, this this off season. Nicholas Backstrom will be remaining with the Minnesota Wild, but Josh Harding, well, is a potential trade bait at this point in time, and he also mentioned how they were looking could be looking at a goalie in the draft, and they got Johan Gustafsson. Again, we'll see how that goes. We're not really sure yet. Josh Harding potentially on his way out. He was signed a one-year deal last year. Uh, we'll see. And, of course, you do have Hudobin in the minor league system. We'll see how that goes. I would not mind seeing Hudobin on the wild. I do think he's NHL-ready, actually. I do. Um, I would I would take a chance on it. Josh Harding did struggle last year, and that was quite unfortunate, which unfortunately lowered his trade value as well. So <laughs> we'll just have to see where that heads. So now we're finally going to get to the awards, per se. The first one is the big one. The most valuable player for the Minnesota Wild in 2010 is none other than, yes, Andrew Brunette. Andrew Brunette, at age 36, is the MVP for the Minnesota Wild this past season. Mika Koivu, a lot of you would assume that he would be the most valuable player for the team. But here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. He was way too inconsistent. He was. He did get in a hot stretch, and then he wouldn't. And when you hear about uh, Todd Richards breaking up lines because of inconsistent play and players potentially saying, you know, it's kind of not really uh, focusing on the team or uh, as much as it possibly could have been individual game, Koivu kind of hit a stretch last year where you were wondering what's going on here. But Andrew Brunette the whole year was consistent. He was always a factor. And he had 61 points at age 36 coming back from, uh, well, an ACL tear that he didn't miss a single, well, he missed maybe a couple games just of soreness during the year last year. He only missed a couple games last year. The guy has been one of the great Ironmen in the NHL the past 7, 8, 9, 10 years. And he's the most valuable player for the Minnesota Wild this past season. Just a wonderful season. And also, it is telling when a 36-year-old veteran 36-year-old veteran left wing who's never really been a star but has always been a very good player is your best player uh, last year, was your most valuable player last year. That is telling that the Wild are in need of some star power, despite what you think of Miko Koivu. I mean, I love him, but he was not the most valuable player for the Wild last year, in my opinion. He just wasn't. Too inconsistent for me. So now we'll move on to the most improved player. That or most improved, excuse me, the biggest surprise was Guillaume Latendresse. Um, uh, very late start to his career. You, when you trade, a, when you make a low end, what appeared to be a low end trade, you just get rid of Ben Wapulia. Enough's enough. Let's just move on. Yeah, oh five, oh six. Why? What a nice draft for Span for. What a nice, what a nice couple of draft picks for Doug Risebrow in the first round. Much less the rounds after that. Whew. Ben Wapulia. And James Shepard. Man. Wow. Man, that's ugly. <laughs> that's bad. All about six goals apiece maybe in their entire career here, if, if that. Ah, shucks, four. Pretty pretty ugly. Um, but, yeah, when you make a, a move like that, you're not really coming in with much expectations. And Guillaume Latendres became probably the best goal scorer we have right now. He's, he was kind of our Gabrick last year. Shucks, he's the closest thing to it in terms of just being a prolific goal scorer. He had 25 official goals at the Wild in a much shorter time span than Andrew Brunette, and uh, 27 for the year overall as he had a f- couple goals with the Canadiens last year before he was traded for Ben Wapulia, and uh, very impressed with him, and he got a little raise in salary, two more years, and then uh, possibly a big, a big signing, a much bigger contract after those two years are up, if indeed Guillaume Latendres continues where he left off last season with a very nice, very nice stretch of hockey, including, again, a hat-trick in Phoenix. Just several multiple goal games as well. Just a factor all the time. Gotta love it. So now your biggest disappointment, well, <laughs> you can kind of guess, you can kind of see it coming as well. Pretty easy, pretty easy fix uh, this year, really, when it comes to the Minnesota Wild. And their overall, just the, the frustration 
last year, mounted with with Brent Burns. Uh, two before that, he had a forty three point season in eighty two games. Just looked like he was going to be one of the next great defensemen in the NHL. The year before that, he was really building towards something with a twenty five point season. Comes in last year, was solid, but then all of a sudden, well, he missed a he missed a lot of play. He missed the rest of the year. All of a sudden, when they realized, hey, he's had a concussion weeks ago, he had a concussion weeks ago, and then they didn't do anything about it. They even put him at forward at some times during the year, and the guy's never really been the same since. And then he had another concussion last year. See, of course, yeah, it was two years ago, 08, 09, he had that concussion, and it was like, we were not even sure what happened there. <laughs> Just bizarre. Only played 47 games last year, did Brent Burns. Concussion junction, Brent Burns. Just a very frustrating run for him. 20 points, that's really not too bad for only 47 games, but still did not look like the same guy until the very end of the year when he started to look a little bit more like something was going on. But uh, I didn't sense the same star power that Brent Burns had in 07-08 when he looked like something was cooking. He really did. Uh, I was very impressed with Brent Burns and uh, at that point in time, and a lot of people across the NHL were, in fact, he had four game-winning goals that year as well. Man, just a very, very valuable asset for the Minnesota Wild at that point in time. But right now, hard to say. And it's funny, too, how, we're talk- how we were talking about possibly trading him when you got to think his uh, trade value is as low as it's, as it's going to be. Unless, of course, it, ugh, God knows this is going to really deteriorate into something worse. Two concussions... And shucks, about a 12-month, no, about a 10-month span. That's very, very, very concerning. And unfortunately, i got to name him the biggest disappointment for the Minnesota Wild last year. I mean, it's it's only fair. James Shepard, well, he was the biggest disappointment the, uh, last year in the 2009 State of the Wild. So the expectations for him were just like, screw it. He's not, <laughs> he's not getting anywhere anyway. I mean, we saw more coming for Brent Burns, a, a lot more, and unfortunately, just things not looking good. Because it's not just the concussion. The concussion is something that does, has nothing to do with his play on the ice in terms of, like, it's not his fault. You know, it's not him doing a poor job, per se. It's a physical ailment, unfortunately. But uh, his play did not improve. It looked, it just, he did not look like the same guy at all. And, uh We'll see. We'll see how things go. We'll see if he's traded. We'll see if he is kept. And uh, if he is kept, if he can finally regain some of that form he had in the 07-08 season. Because if he could, Brent Burns is an all-star defenseman. Yeah. One of the one of the better defensemen in the NHL, if he can regain that form. If not, well, man, it's going to be one of the bigger missed... Uh, missed opportunities and that's quite unfortunate indeed because this guy really could could have approached that level of play something the Minnesota Wild really have never had a true star defenseman so with that I guess that's about it for now uh, we're going to keep following free agency we're going to keep following the overall offseason potential draft picks uh, shoot it's going to be it's going to be an interesting ride I guess not as fun as, uh, well, maybe the NBA free agency for some of you out there. Certainly not the, for the local team, but, uh, yeah. We're just going to have to wait and see how things go with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I'm, I, I am looking, I am uh, cautiously optimistic next year, though. I do think the Wild take a step up next season. I do. I think their style of play is going to more resemble what Todd Richards and Chuck Fletcher envisioned for this team long term. Uh, we're heading in that direction. It's going to take time. And, of course, once the more of the, of the Fletcher class start to make it to the NHL, then you're really going to start seeing something. You're going to start seeing a true change in play and, of course, execution of that of Todd Richards' schemes and not just kind of, you know, Jacques Lemaire's team with Chuck, Chuck Fletcher's schemes. You know, scheme and scheme, you know, no pun intended with the rhyme there. Uh, it's, mm, well... It was quite a struggle last year. We had some good stretches and some really bad ones. A streaky team. A very streaky team were the Minnesota Wild last year. And uh, I do expect some more consistency next season. I do see it coming. Especially with the addition of Matt Collin, who's going to be, I think he's going to be one of the alternate captains. i got to think that. Though, uh, you you never know. 
we'll just see how that goes. Owen Nolan's still a free agent at this point in time. Andrew Brunette, of course, going into the final year of his contract. And I, shoot, I hope the Wild keep him. I, I got to think he's going to go out and do it again. Age or not, Andrew Brunette still is a 60-point guy in the NHL and very, very much impressed with him. And that's why he was your 2010 MVP for the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club. So with that, we are going to call it a show. But first, first, I got to mention to you, there is a Facebook group for Brave the Wild. Simply type in Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild. Type that in for searching on Facebook. For those of you that have a Facebook account, type in Brave the Wild and then Minnesota Wild. Just kind of all in one quick bar there. Look it up. Please join the Facebook group. Do post on the boards. Maybe you could give me your opinion on MVP, your biggest disappointment or biggest surprise. I think the biggest surprise, most people are going to go with Latin Dress, but who knows, or maybe your biggest disappointment is Backstrom and not Burns. I mean, that that's definitely a debated position. And, of course, MVP, I think that one's going to be all over the place, possibly Latin Dress for Samia or Koivu or God knows who, maybe Owen Nolan. <laughs> maybe. I doubt it, but whatever. It's all, it's all for debate, and uh, that's why I want you on that Facebook group. Of course, please do join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. I should have said that first, actually. Uh, we need you to join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. The sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. The sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. There's a Twitter for Brave the Wild. It's twitter.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Self explanatory there. Uh, also, the phone lines 209 736 7877. 209 736 7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it. As such, mention you are calling in for Brave the Wild and give me your opinions. Mention your name and town. It just makes it more alive there. And, uh, yeah, give your opinion and your comments, shout-out, whatever it is. Would be great to talk some NHL hockey on here on Brave the Wild with you, the listeners. So that should about wrap it up. Uh, Episode number 45, well... Maybe later this month, maybe August. Uh, we'll see how things go. Probably later this month. I'm going to try to keep up with as much as possible. Uh, glad I finally got this show out. Again, I apologize for the long, long delay. Earlier in the year, I was in a routine of doing the shows, and then I broke the routine with the, uh, you know, the whole lawn service thing kicking in, and then it just, I couldn't get back into this routine because I was stuck in the other one. So now we're going to try to merge them together especially with Viking season coming up for that podcast, Purple Mafia. Mm, going to be interesting indeed. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk to you soon, and those of you out there, take care, and, well, hope for the best with rebuilding, reloading the farm systems. <laughs>